podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett, and with me to discuss um, the Bournemouth and Luton matches, I've got most of the, most of the team. Um, we don't have Rosie this week, um, but we do have um, the dynamic sports science studio. The only reason you listen to the show is you want that inside sports science <laughs> expertise. It's Dr. Phil Barter broadcasting live from his ivory tower. Evening, Phil. Evening, mate. How are we getting on? All right. Is that tower getting higher? <laughs> <laughs> not yet, mate. I'm trying, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have got the man who's had more clubs than Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods, depending on your golfer era of choice. It's Mr. Simon Brundish. Evening, boys. It will be the last three weeks have been to uh, chatting about two wins, not this one. Finally, mm. although I should say, I have to say, you're now a one club man, aren't you? You're now a Derby ladies man, and this is this is the longest you've been a one club man for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't really do anything else. A wow. very set set routine now. Covid broke stuff. That's what it was. Right, 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 right. And, and like a lot of people end up staying at home like working from home I don't do that but I also don't go travelling the world anymore mm. the days of I don't know actually you've done the ATP tour since so COVID ATP, yeah. you were in Roland yeah, Garros look, for a pod last year for fuck's sake yeah it, just a little bit <laughs> who was that was that Heather Watson but it was it was like uh, at one point it was uh, it was something like I don't know 27 I think it was like 47 flights in 20 weeks or something ridiculous wow. <clears throat> yeah yeah anyway we also introduced you to a Derby Derby ladies uh, assistant manager Simon Brundish or whatever it is your role anyway anyway we are here to talk about two matches and we're going to spend a very short amount of time on the Bournemouth match because it was a week ago now. We are we are working late. We 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 had um Phil Phil was otherwise uh, delayed yesterday and we had to push it back and um yes so it's now a week since the Bournemouth match. Um but the only real thing that matters the battle the Bournemouth okay other than going through to the next round is that team selection. Simon Brundish that team selection. I could we t- yeah. It, we spent we spent a lot of time last week talking about rotation and how it was all going so well. Yeah, we really did. And people, anybody that follows that listens to this pod will be perfectly aware of my my reasons for disliking the uh, domestic cups and the evidence I presented 
last season when we'd fucked ourselves because everybody was knackered from chasing the quad that we threw away the two important competitions so that we could get to the final of the two shitty ones and all of the consequences of that. And we're doing it again. Is, 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 was this, um, was this season's, uh, was the Bournemouth selection as egregious as the, as the 21, 22 season selections? Well, yeah, because it's early in the season. Yeah. I always remember yeah, you telling. I think I think you I think you I think you lost your shit when I think it was Virgil played against Lincoln City. I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was the week, it was the game before this one as well. Drives me. And what are you doing? Making your debut in that competition during in at, at that time, absolutely bonkers. So we are currently in the midst of two, three, four, five, six, seven games in twenty in twenty two days. And we're choosing to play uh, two of our best players in a midweek competition. Yeah. That doesn't matter. And our reserves should be able to win. Otherwise, they shouldn't be. Otherwise, you just don't. You throw in that competition. Like, yeah. it makes no sense you're playing Salah and Zabozlai midweek against Bournemouth. Yeah. And Salah played the full match, didn't he? Yeah. 90, like 97 minutes in, in, a, in basically in a hurricane. Or tropical storm, it, yeah, yeah, and it it was horrendous conditions, and it was high stress because we were going for we went for it, and we were going for the the equaliser to late on. So this, so right to the end of the game, there was high stress, lots of sprinting, lots of chasing, trying like desperation in then, really and, cold conditions, and then having to catch the bus back from Bournemouth, five hour coach ride after a match like that, yeah, yeah. And then our boys are, our big boys are tired. Yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, it's like we, it, we just don't learn. It, or we think we're smarter than science. It's so one you, of those two things. There is only blame to go around for those things unless you are uh, a, a Luddite football fan who wants to win the, the the shitty competitions and thinks we, or you think we have no chance in the two bigger competitions. Yeah. Then that's justifiable. That makes me really sad that you think we don't have any chance in the bigger competitions when I'm not ready to give up on those yet. Yeah. 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. My last thing to say on this, I've not had any discussions with anybody who argues with me, which many people do. Um, to validate their their opinion that it's it doesn't diminish our chances in the other comp- uh, in the main competitions by playing them by playing these players in these minutes in in these bad cup competitions nobody actually Ever evidences that it it, um, it doesn't increase their chance of injury or or reduce their actual playing time or their freshness or anything like that. They just argue with, "I want to win the cup," and it, this is a good competition for us to win because City is out or whatever that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and that's that's just not good enough for me. Can I can I just with the numbers? Zabozlai is currently thirty percent above. Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you about your fatigue index because you haven't done a fatigue index pod for, for since this. Since you haven't done one since the last international break, anyway, so you yeah. you have got some early interesting numbers on. 
potential workload for the season ahead, right? For these for some yeah. of our key players. So Zobo is 35%. He's on track to be 35% above um, his um, career max, and he's 70% above his career average if he carries on at the same rate. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he does look like a machine. He's incredibly fit. Can mm-hmm. we just keep it within sensible boundaries? Can mm-hmm. we keep him below a 20% increase? Yeah. Like, surely you want our best players to be fresh. Isn't that the point of buying more players? That the, the quality doesn't drop when you when you um, replace a player for another player in the squad. Yeah. So you can keep more of them at closer to their peak condition. Yeah. Don't overplay one or two of them. Don't overplay five of them for sure. So, yeah, a- end of my rant. Zobo is... Um, is a very, very, very important player for us and for this season, but also for the next five years. Mm. Don't don't break him. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't just Sabozlai and um, Salah. There was two other uh, selections, I think, against Bournemouth, which had a direct impact on the Bourne, on the Luton selection. And that was Simicus at left back and Curtis Jones in midfield. Now, Jones got a small, I think, say it was a slight knock. It's been described as a slight knock. Yeah. um, Do we know anything? Do you know anything more? Have you heard anything more about Jones' injury? No, he shouldn't. He should be back by by next week at the latest. And this is the and this is the first time that that Simi has played back to back starts since November last year. Yeah, and we're just ramping him up, and you're choosing that back to back to be the second of the back to back, which precludes him playing the third, which is the league game, by yeah. playing in the Mickey Mouse Cup, which which yeah. the kids are primed for. We have two fullbacks who are on Wednesday um, schedules on midweek schedules. Yeah. Two left backs on midweek schedule, and you're choosing to play your one senior fit left back there. Yeah. Because the consequence of that, what you're talking about consequences are that Joe Gomez is um, played all 96 minutes of, of the Bournemouth game. And I presume Klopp already knew that he was going to be playing him left back, which is a more taxing position. Yeah, he got 66 minutes and chased around, but it's still a more taxing position. And he is he is made of soggy biscuits. That lad, mm. you can't you can't. He had a more like, serious injury than Virgil. His was it is his dislocated patella tendon? Was it? Yeah, it's torn. It's a ruptured patella tendon. Yeah, it's more serious than Virgil's ACL, right? Yeah, in terms of less recovery. people come back from it at, at, yeah. at the peak of their efficacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Marty saying that on one of the fatigue indexes. A really perilous injury to come back from. Yeah, so just, just to, so the team was Simicas, Kwanzaa, Matip, Gomez at right back. Midfield was Jones, Endo, and Elliott, and then the famous front three of Zaboslai, Cody Gakpo, and Mo Salah. Uh, and the bench was Nunes, Jota, Gravenberg, uh, McAllister, Canate, Van Dyke, and Scanlon. So um, Chambers wasn't even um, involved this time, despite starting against Toulouse. Was he injured? Do we know? Nope, just not selected. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, there's there was options there, and there was option other options in there, but I, I just think that because the Jones the Jones knock he got against Bournemouth was sufficient for him not even to be on the bench against Luton, right? Yeah, he wasn't involved at all. No, and then Simicus came on, and yeah. So, uh, but your thoughts on the Bournemouth uh, selection? I can't really have much more. So I thought it was, I mean, I didn't see the game. I've only seen the highlights, so I can't comment too much, but I, I thought it was crazy. I think I said to you guys, didn't I, for the Luton, I, I would I would have planned to play your first team against Luton. That's where you need to get three points. Um, yeah. The As we've seen in Europe, I think the kids are more than good enough to go and get a result at Bournemouth. I don't think you need Mo Salah playing. Um, Nunes maybe there's an argument. I'm not, Nunes, sorry, Cody to get back. He's coming back from yeah. injury, isn't he? And yeah, I understand, but I don't even get why VVD and Canate are on the bench. I mean, we talk about Joe having problems with he's just come back from a run of form from yeah. being out for a year, and you've got Canate, who we know is almost as injury prone as, as Matip. So, yeah, it just seems crazy to take that risk of, of caliber of player. Even there, I mean, Gravenberg, for me, I, I would have thought could have done with starting because he needs to, for me, still needs to learn about that type of opposition, should we say. And Jones, we've been missing that element, or I think we have, and I, I would have kept him available for Luton. I think that's the more the game he's suitable. Remember, he's played away at Brentford, done well, you know, that kind of ground, which is what Luton would have been and would, would come on to. So, yeah, I, I was very perturbed by the um, selection. But as I said, it's pre-planned, and I just can't understand... I don't get it. Uh, Klopp must be obsessed with winning competitions, which, all right, fair enough, he's a top-level manager, but for me, Loom was the, the target, three points. Because you look at what's happened in the league, that's another weekend gone by while we haven't capitalised on on um, others falling around. Three points would have put us pretty much top of the league. That's that's massive. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, sorry, I'm not prepared to give up on that. I think it's outside chance. But equally, the more points we get now, the less likely we've got to scramble around it in the season to make sure we're top four for next season. So I find it yeah, absolutely. really perplexing that we're burning out Mo and Dom, who have basically been the pinnacle to the turnaround of our season in this uh, mm. at Bournemouth in the League Cup. Just in, but in, in in a fucking storm in a, yeah, in a tropical just, storm. Yeah, just yeah. And the, and the impact of coming back on the coach is so I will go on to. It means you miss your training's affected the next day. Yeah, so yeah. that's people giving, you've seen it on the Twitter, giving it, oh, well, they've had two days rest. Well, they haven't really. Is it, it's because we couldn't fly, right? Because of the yeah. storm, right? Is that right? Yeah, it was cancelled. Yeah. The flight was cancelled. So yeah. you, you're interrupting your, I just think we've, in Europe, they're using the kids and it's, I really hope, is it tomorrow we've got the game? It is, isn't it? That um, they carry on doing that, and just because that's a good grounding for those those players. But it's not even at home. If this was at home, I, I could I wouldn't agree with it, but I could kind of understand you don't want to lose at home, right? Mm. This is a way of Bournemouth. I, who really cares if you got beat? Then you'd go all right, fair enough. But the kids had a good game. Yeah, yeah. So just just so we're not being a complete echo chamber on this, I did try and um, <laughs> put a. <laughs> A, a poll out from the uh, from from the AI and the pressure Twitter account, um, just asking listeners for their opinion on starting. And I said, "Are starting our most important five slash six players in the Carabao Cup?" So I think it's pretty unanimous what we mean by the best five six players, isn't it, uh, Bart? So I don't think there's much disagreement amongst fans. It's, it's Alison Becker, Virgil Van Dijk, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Mohamed Salah, 
uh, and then Dominic Zboslav. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. They're the, they're the big five players, really. They're aren't the they, big no? five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah, then yeah. who's the sixth most is is is, is, is you know is probably oh, it's debatable. Yeah, depends on personal opinion, isn't it? Yeah. So any 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 disagreements on that as the big five now? Are you that person who has everything, the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Uh, no, but no, I think we've got we've got five probably the, of the of our highest caliber players. But I, I really think because of the injury history and the the fragility of some of our other players, yeah. there's real prioritization you have to get in there. Like Ibu. He might be the most fragile of our players whilst mm. being the most jacked of our players. Yeah. He currently yeah. is he has already played fifty-eight percent of of his average season. Wow. Jeez, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems to have been missing ages for ages as well. Shows yeah. you how many problems he's had in the past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just yeah, it's bonkers. So anyway, the listeners said. Uh, so I said, to, to, so what is your opinion on starting our most important five six players in the Carabao Cup? Seven percent strongly agreed that we should. Twenty five percent somewhat agreed. Thirty four percent somewhat disagreed, and thirty four percent strongly disagreed. So over two thirds of people disagree to some extent with that. With restarting our best players, that's pretty emphatic. I think, really, from a listener poll. So maybe we've just all we're going to say is that our echo chamber has indoctrinated our listeners to such an extent that they agree with us. <laughs> There's probably an element of truth in there, but I, I still think the majority of people would say it was a mistake that selection. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so just quickly on the match summary, um, we had 67% possession. Uh, it was a bit of a Bit of a roller coaster match in terms of the shots. Bournemouth really went for it when they were one nil down. Um, Eighteen shots towards sixteen for Luton. Seven shots on target each. Three big chances to two for us in our favour, and it was one point five four on the xG for us and point nine nine for Bournemouth. So yeah, um, did you? Um, do you chaps have anything you want to talk about the actual game before we move on to Luton? Darwin scored an absolute beauty. Yeah. We, we, and Gakpo has a real habit. We have a girl like it. Gakpo's obviously better. Uh, but like that, Gakpo's a, like a really high quality technical player. You just don't see it in a game. But he does have a real propensity for being around balls that bobble in the box. Like those balls don't bobble to Mo, they bobble to Gakpo to to stuff in. Yeah, the the 
in the right place at the right time type thing. Yeah, just just yeah. stuff gets it, it. It will just like bobble off two two fellas' asses and fall straight to Gapo a yard out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it is worth noting that um, Darwin Nunes did score for the third game in a row, and um, I thought it was quite nice that just as the ironic cheers from the Bournemouth fans about his first touch were still ringing in the air, he unleashed a venomous shot. From from the left corner of the penalty box. Which Have you it. seen anything more? Do you remember who I compare him to? Uh, at, at his worst, I, th- I feel like his floor, his ceiling is uh, what we discussed when we signed him. Batistuta. Batistuta, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. His floor is Divokarigi. Yeah, <laughs> that is savage. You that's can't the say same that goal, guy. is what? Sorry, that's the same goal, isn't it? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's you can't it's say that. That's man. what they want you, you to do. Can't say it, but no, you can't. No, you I'll just sprint fifty meters to I, chase your first I, touch. Cut inside, bang. I retract it. that statement, please. <laughs> You're going to have people. Oh, the UP Discord group are going to be in tears now. <laughs> Excuse me. Divvy's the only other person that gets that's had the the level of of uh, vocal support from the crowd that, that, that Nunes gets. You reckon? You, like oh. Divvy to get his song sung all the goddamn time. Yeah. Like we could be five nil up, and 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 Mo and Bobby had done some brilliant stuff in that so, game. Sadio had scored a hat trick, and they'd still be singing Divvy's name. To, 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 to be honest, though, that's just because the 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 Wigfield Saturday Night chant was so good. It was like the, it was like the Torres song. Torres, it was so good they just had to sing it. Maybe, maybe I was going to say, is it linked to the Derby goal? Like he always seems to. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. The yeah. thing. The Saturday cultist. Night Dance. I like the way you move, Divokarigi. <laughs> Because it, it didn't Wigfield actually came out on MTV and sang it. I'm sure she did. Is that right? Yeah, she she actually <laughs> she, she sang it on a little thing. It was definitely there's definitely a video of Wigfield singing the Divokarigi version. You know, right. we have to look that up now. <laughs> it's amazing, honest to God, and she's still really hot. Oh God, okay. <laughs> All those years later, anyway. Uh, right, uh, <laughs> that's enough talking about Wigfield. Right, more than enough. Never thought we'd get that mentioned on this podcast. Right. Uh, <laughs> we feel better than watching Bournemouth play. <laughs> oh dear. I'm sure actually in the early nineties there was a there was a a, a secret um uh, European pop uh, romance it was between Wigfield and Dr. Alban. Do you remember? That's that crazy. Is- that's one for the kids, that is, isn't yeah. it? Dr. Alban, I think, was a big dude from Germany and Wigfield from oh, okay. Scandinavia. So, anyway, on the Euro trash circuit. But there you go. Right. No, this See, is what, definitely... we, what we should do is create is create um, 90s Euro trash um, uh, representatives of each of the shit teams we play in the Premier League. <laughs> so, Wigfield is better than Bournemouth. Okay, right. I like it. <laughs> right, okay. Nice one. Right. Um, <laughs> Luton Town. That's where we were. Luton Town. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sai, uh, talk to me about those lineups in Luton Town, the post the post Bournemouth lineups. So, we have an actual team out against Luton. Uh, they were just tired. Uh, so we've gone back to the the three man new boy um, 
midfield. Mac is a dedicated number number six these days, isn't he? Uh, and you got you, the interesting choice in this squad in this team would be um, the Jomez for for Simi. Yeah, Simi couldn't play a third game in a week without risk of injury. Yeah. Uh, and Jomez, I presume, was put in there because they have giants. Um, Luton are a really, really big team. It was like playing Watford 10 years ago. Yeah. Mm. Just huge lads. And they tried to launch it to them all the time. Yeah. They averaged 22% long ball rate against us, 25. So a bit of an increase, but not massive. But yeah, they were just trying to put uh, high ball pressure onto, our, uh, onto the lads. So I, I understand why tucking Gomez in... Um, might make us a little bit safer. Um, and and I genuinely quite like Salah, Nunes and, and Jota as a three. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's a good three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but the big one, as you said, was was the Gomez, um, the left-back. Very much vibes of James Milner 16-17 season, say. Mm, yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe keeping it tight. He actually is quite a progressive passer, uh, Jaime. No, what I mean is in terms of you know the build-up and cutting inside onto his right. Yeah, all the cutting inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah, all yeah. the plenty of cutting. Inside. I'm just going to wait for you to just wait more. Passes. Just going to wait for you to main, mention the S build-up shape. <laughs> well, <laughs> you think, just, Remember well, that season. It, but it's so true. Apart from we now have midfielders that can carry, dribble, and yeah, yeah. pass a ball. Yeah. Um, but the front three is uh, you've got you've got Jota doing the, the Sadio Mane thing, um, inverting off the left hand side there as well. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of makes sense that we build from the right. It's just that our yeah. right hand side weren't very good. Uh, Grav was doing all the carrying down the left hand side, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah. And then the, obviously the other big one was um, Curtis Jones could have made his Premier League comeback um, in this match, but he didn't um, because he got injured and um, Gravenberch. Played as well, and it's, it's the debate we had about two pods ago. It's um, you know the the whole grabbing birch is he is, is he a consistent enough poor performer? Is he ready enough to start regularly mm-hmm. over over Curtis Jones? And you know Jones's last you know since last April, he's he's been one of the key performers in the team, hasn't he? But yes, yeah, certainly um, helps that left side. I think you probably it would have been interesting with with Gomez coming in a bit more. I think the the, the the way that Jones works well is he keeps it, does that recycling really well, but still progressive, but it allows Robbo to carry on going and doing this stuff down the other side. So, which is probably limitation grabs game. He's not quite got that yet, but um, no, yeah, definitely. I think CJ's off the ball work as well as his on ball now are both really critical parts of our, of our system down that left-hand side. Um, yeah. I was, I was actually quite looking forward to seeing him starting this game, but never mind. Uh, we should move on, but yeah, no, I think also with Jomez, uh, Jomez, it's size sheets, isn't it? But I think uh, also, names. I think we might have predicted it would have a lot of the ball, and therefore Trent would be in the six more, which meant they might have thought they wanted three centre halves playing across the back as well. But it's just a thought. But I know Tim um, Costa's going to play three anyway. But I'm just saying it made sense to me in some regards to have Gomez playing even if it meant we were losing the attacking output that you would get from a left footer. But yeah. 
Yeah. Any thoughts on the Bournemouth selections, Phil? You you love your Luton. analysis. Yeah. You mean the Luton selection? Uh, yeah. Sorry. They, ma- yeah. they made one change. Uh, Jacob Brown dropped out for one of our old favourites, and Ross Townsend came in, mm. uh, which I found out through commentaries on a month's contract to prove himself to be worthy of a full contract for Luton. A one month contract. A one month contract with Luton wow. and. Um, yeah, the, the, I was watching the US feed and they were like, that's quite noble of him wanted to carry on playing in the Premier League. And he's taken that offer to prove himself to play with Luton. And I was like, okay, how the yeah. mighty have fallen. I know he's had a bit of bad injury. So fair enough. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, yeah interesting to see Ross Barkley back in centre mid against us as well. He always seems to, uh, rate. And it's unsurprising, you know, given his club allegiances, he's such a fierce Evertonian. Um, he always yeah. does, he always tries extra hard against us, always. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah. it's just a shame the rest of the time, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that much summary in Rhodes' absence, uh, I'll try and do it justice uh, for him. Um, 24 shots to eight in our favour. Um, the possession was um, quite a, it was obviously hugely in our favour. I'm just trying to, I've just lost it now. 74% possession for us, which is just, which is, seems to be about standard the last four or five games. We just had 70% at least yeah. in every single match. Um, and then in terms of the shots, um, it was six shots on target to five. So not much in that, I'm afraid. Um, 12, we had 12, we had 12 shots off target to their two. Uh, and uh, w- we had nine shots outside the box in this one compared to their three. Um, and then the XG, um, they're going off mark our stats was 1.3 for Luton and 2.8 for us. And the XT expected threat only 0.5 for Luton and 2.9 for us. So yet another game, Bart's where we keep the opposition down to below one XT. That's four in a row now in all comps. Yeah. Um, no, no, actually, no, I didn't check the Bournemouth one. Sorry. I didn't check the Bournemouth. I thought that we did Bournemouth, did um, But yeah, no, we've kept it below one. The, the worrying thing for me though, was this is the first game. I think this season that we've not converted a hundred percent of our um, XT to XG. Mm. Um, 0.94 against Luton. 0.94 was the Bournemouth XT against us. We had yeah. 1.6 in that game. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my EPV, but um, I'm just yeah. saying it, we normally convert 100% plus a little bit more. But yeah, it, defensively, yes, fine. It, it, it would get it below one. But um, I think also the worrying thing, if you look at the shot locations, as you've said, we still gave up shots centrally, um, which is something we said we had to improve upon. Uh, three in the 18-yard box. The rest of them are wide now, but there's still three central shots that we gave up. Uh, on the right-hand side as well, near Conato's side. But, um, yeah, so some improvements, but considering the they only had, uh, what, less than 30% of possession, they had something like 14 minutes on ball time um, for them to come up with that that number of shots in our box. Probably slightly something to think about. Yeah, well, we'll come on to those two we'll shots. come on to that, yeah. Yeah, because there was a big one um, just after the hour where there was a kind of a missed kick from Morris, wasn't there? That was a big mm-hmm. opportunity. Yeah. And that was when the, sort of the, tide, the tide was starting to turn in the momentum of the match as well. Mm. Right. Um, but that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the lineups. Um, I guess the big takeaway from that as well, I'll show you, there was the, um, the big chances, wasn't it? We didn't mention the big chances. It was six, 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 two, I think. Let me just, sorry, let me just, I, I do apologize for this, people who don't have Rosie's normally excellent roundup on this. Yeah, 6-2. Six, 6-2, six, yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, which is which is enough to win any game. 
except when you miss all six of them. Yeah. I, I think I think to be fair, there's a there's there's that designation of big chance that we talk about that is a little bit spurious in this. Um but we had enough chances for sure. Yeah, when you have two point nine expected goals and six big chances, um you you do expect to come away with just more than one actual goal to your name. Um and I guess that's the biggest talking point of the match is that ultimately, despite everything else, we should have won this game. So, uh, when all the, all six big chances fell to forwards as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it wasn't like midfielders had one. It was all the it was all forwards had a, had a big chance. Yeah, they didn't all fall to Matip. No, no, and they weren't headers. Uh, most, one was. most was a header. Yeah, oh, but that yeah, but that the one that became the one for Darwin. Chance, so, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, oh, but still, all the forwards had a just had on a that chance. one, right? Was Mo going for goal, or was he always was he already always trying to set up Nunes? I, me personally, I don't know why he wasn't going for goal. If he wasn't going for goal, he's he's what four yards out. Maybe I'm being harsh. I just think that's, that's a typical Mo header. Honestly, I don't know. I, I from- you're his biggest fan. If I hadn't seen the outcome, uh, my guess was from from the position he was in, I think he was fa- trying to fade it to the far post. So he was trying to do a thing he isn't very good at, spin the header to the, towards the far post rather yeah. than head straight down to the near post. And that's why it faded off. Um, it, it, he just mistimed it. But um, so I think it probably was a shot. Yeah, but I also think it was a shot across the goal, being aware of where Darwin was coming in that side anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, but we we did enough to win this match. We should have uh, won this match. A hundred percent. It take it ignoring just looking at that profile of game to only score one goal in the sixth minute of injury time, having created nearly three xg. Yes, we and the amount of, e, of EPP, XT, whatever you want to call it, the amount of touches, the amount of possession, we did enough to win this game. We created enough as a team to win the game. Yeah. Uh, whether whether you we believe we had the right selections, tactics, which we can come on to, we still created enough to win that game in football. Yeah. And did you see anything else in your um, in your analysis um, that you run? Um, so related what to is, the, related to XG. Yeah, related to the chances and that kind of stuff first before we talk about the tactics later. Uh, XG plot, as you might imagine, goes up in in huge jumps as each of the big chances come in, uh, which is not something you've seen for a while. Normally, it's sort of a gradual, slow development of XG and then jumps a little bit. Uh, you've got one jumps after the half, uh, 15 minutes, another one after half an hour, and then the big one at uh, 65 minutes, which jumps up. Um, the other thing to know is XG production in terms of situation. Normally, we have a fairly balanced attack. Yeah. So we have a, a set piece amount of XG, uh, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. This game is, I, I have to go back, but I'm fairly certain it's the first game this season where all of our XG over 1.5 is from regular play, which yeah. is just something we don't, we don't normally rely on one weapon to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then conversely for them, it's another weird, I mean, their XG plot again is, is largely dependent on the big chances, but they also interestingly create no XG from a, from a set play. 
Hmm. That is interesting. Which is, again, looking at trying to look at positives in terms of our defensively. Yeah, right. That That's quite a good thing, depending on... They created that. it. They, they created actually from our set play, though. Yeah, that's a fast break. And that's one. <laughs> so that's nearly 2.2 uh, yeah. XG from that. And then regular. Yeah. But I'm just saying that that's quite a... A good, a unique thing to see from from an XG development point of view. But yeah, that, that's that's probably it. Before we go too much into the tactical side of things, yeah, yeah. Um, um so say, um, talk to me before we go into the um, um, the reason why we didn't win. Talk to me about the the, the tactical game plan and how you think it worked with, um, with 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 uh, Joe Gomez and uh, Ryan Gravenberg in the team. What was the what was the overall build up game plan from your perspective? Where did you see it? Yeah, we're doing the thing that we do uh, now is the is the WM Trent in the last two games has become he, he is go, he's going earlier and earlier into um, the six. Gomez was tucking round. Okay, fine, it works, it makes sense. Gravenberg was doing the carrying. Uh, and getting in down, he was being the pro- the progressor down the left hand side, which I'm fine with. Five point six meters per touch, progressive um, meters per touch. Uh, that's like that's good quality. That's going to get you up the pitch. That helps nicely. Um, one of the things that playing Jomez over Simi does it reduces the possession losses because uh, Simi puts in a lot of crosses, but also he he, he is more uh, risk. He takes more risks, so um, it's probably safer to keep the possession or play somebody w- with a higher possession control as a fullback if you've got Gravenberg down that side because he's not entirely sure exactly where he's supposed to be at all times yet because of the system. Um, and you've got a high presser over that side in Jota as well. So it kind of, you know, fits, all makes sense. Um, what doesn't make sense is playing right down the middle of the goddamn pitch. Mm. It's the narrowest pitch in the league anyway. Is it? They they have so it's three meters narrower than Anfield, which is a narrow pit, which is a small pitch. And uh, it's five meters narrower than the standard pitch size. Um and also it makes it easier to defend in a block a low block anyway. But we, it didn't matter. We could have been playing at Wembley and we didn't attempt to get down the sides at all. We were playing entirely down the centre, right um, in the channel uh, between box to box. I don't understand. We weren't. It was only when we, we flipped the switch with the subs to put Harvey out wide. It, it was. It felt to me like it was designed around get. It, should, it was a perfect fit for getting um, Trent round the outside. Yeah. Slotting him in down the sides, playing off Mo, playing the the um, rebound passes from Mo as we, the rebound entry passes that we've been doing for the last season, um, and getting either Zobo or Trent in around him, and we're doing neither. Um, the only time we we're getting out wide was slow passes to Mo on the touchline, and then very rare, which we got in a couple of times, um, rebounds to to Zobo doing inside out, but. Trent just didn't go around him at all. Yeah. And it was really frustrating. And and because we got naturally um Jomez down the left hand side wasn't going around Jota either. 
So you occasionally got Darwin out on the left-hand side, but nearly the whole game was played right in the middle of the pitch against seven defenders and a block, which made it hard to get through. But because they're really, really, really shit, we did anyway. Um, so we had Joe Gomez n- not really providing natural width on the left and certainly not overlapping. He was solid enough, um, but he was coming inside on his right foot. We had Diogo Jota, who basically doesn't play the role like Luis Diaz. He plays it like Sadio Mane. He comes inside on his right foot and scores. Um, and we had no width on the right, other than, like you said, occasionally Mo Salah. And then we got Ryan Grabenberg, who's basically... This is what is probably sixth or seventh game for the club, and he doesn't provide width anyway. So it was a very, it was a very congested. We didn't really help ourselves to decide with the tactics for that first hour. That's how it felt to me, for sure. I yeah. felt we lost the tactics early on. So, <clears throat> did we create lots and lots of chances, um, just simply because we have good players and Luton aren't very good? Because, or did we create them because of what we were doing tactically? Because we mentioned we had three XG, so I think it's probably the the former. Remember that right the wrong way? Yeah, we've got better players. Yeah. Um I think the pass maps back up exactly what Sala says, not surprisingly. Um, you know, Gomez is is the widest left player, he's not he's not far advanced, he's still in the middle third. And um Salah's the widest right player, and again, he's only just in the final third. I think um it's uh, yeah, Nunes is in zone 14, but he's got one connection to him in like the whole game. That's that's one connection of four classes. Wow. And Jota's pretty much in his space as well. So he's getting not helping with that space in the front three, if you want to call them that, because Jota disappears into Gravender's space for a lot of it, um, are very limited in terms of our passing in today. If you look at you break it down to just the final third entries as well, it's the most unconnected we've looked for probably eight games. Um, mm. There's no, there's no more than a couple of passes between Mo and Nunes, so you haven't got a thick line on the pass map if, if you like, which is four passes, which we've been seeing develop over the games, and that's been a really good sign of the integration of the three of them coming together, and it just seems completely broken in this game. Um, Mo is very isolated. Jota is doing the Jota thing, but it doesn't help Nunes, and Nunes ends up being his most passes received are from McAllister, where he was playing the six. So it's it, it's a very this is not a map that we've come to see before. Uh Trent is is very inverted in nearly every phase of the minutes, which doesn't help. As I said, it's perfectly set up for both fullbacks to be in the hot zone. And unfortunately, as we've already discussed through selection and tactics one isn't going to do that because he's going to cut in on his right and the other one has been told to invert. So you you end up with three forwards that are isolated. We had, in this in this game, we, we attempted two switches. Yeah. Against a low block, it makes no sense. It's a fundamental tactic to overcome a low block. Yeah. Width, um, yeah. Width, Width, but a switch, quick switch, quick switch, yeah. And we have we have three of the best in the world that play in that, yeah. And maybe even four with Zobo. But we like, just didn't, didn't try it. it. 
it doesn't make sense that we don't position players and transition players into areas that you can make that switch because the switch is usually a transition moment. It doesn't have to be a whole team transition, but one player is is transitioning from an area of the pitch to another area of the pitch that they get switched to rather than just stood out on the touchline. It's usually running on to. Um, yeah, and there was a couple of through balls, one brilliant one, which you can... So yeah. it feels like we are trading... Um, it sounds really negative because we only drew and we've we've been we've been um, creating we've been winning points and and optimistic of how we're playing. It looks like we're progressing, but it's it feels like we're stuck on this one tactic. We are now reinventing the wheel and reinventing um, Trent Alexander Arnold. He is playing this role no matter what. Because at some point during a game, he's going to make one of those beautiful passes to Darwin that Darwin hit the bar with. I was yeah. going to say, to be fair, he, he did, didn't he? He did create the chance. Well, yeah, yeah he, he created six chances in total, six key passes in total. Yeah. Uh, and what did he have his XT as? Uh, point one. Uh, point, yeah, one, sorry, one, a full, that, a full point. Yeah, that's really yeah, I high. Do, I do read your stuff, Bart. Thanks, mate. There's really high, <laughs> really high expected threat creation. That very high. Yeah. Uh, six key passes, one of the, uh, but only one was from a corner, right? So the, yeah. the others were all in open play. All in open play. And all, just so, to highlight Sai's point about our lack of, you know, switching the rest of it. You know the connections table I do. Normally that shows you where we've tried to switch going forward, right? Yeah. Well, our biggest contributors, Virgil, Mac, Trent, are all passing between themselves. Like they're all, you know, Virgil's highest contributor passing network, i.e. over 10, are with Canate, Trent, and Mac, which shows you he's not, and, and, and uh, Alison, which is really unusual. Doesn't, that's not, we don't normally see that. He has a high volume of passes to them, but he normally looks to go and interact with Mo quite a lot. You know, that's normally in double, it has been in double figures. It's just not, the patterns just weren't there. Even, I mean, really, I thought maybe he had a good game, but that, that long ball, that, that switch play out to Mo, didn't happen in a in a in a, in a large volume. Um, obviously, Mo and Trent interacted double figures, but very yeah. no Mo normally has seven eight players interacting in with, with double figures. So, He's got three. <laughs> another well, another thing I will say, right, is that Trent's two through balls, which he did create from central areas, did lead to th- three big chances. Two. Yeah. <laughs> So his first one led to Darwin hitting the bar in the twelfth minute, and the other through ball he did ended up with the Salah big chance, and then the Nunes big chance. Yes. So, but what we're saying is that, say, I like that way you say it, we're, we're betting the house now on him, you know, on creating high quality chances via through balls now, and and you know, giving up lots of other things in return. Yeah, I, I, I so this time last season. Uh, sign me up 100% the thing we were missing was any kind of creativity through the middle from Trent yeah from midfield so put Trent in there our best passer but I'm not sure McAllister can't make all of the passes we just talked about yeah yeah so uh, aren't we better having that threat throughout the pitch coming from different angles across the pitch instead of having three the three or really with Virgil four best passes but if you've got the three most progressive um, incisive passes right in a triangle in the middle of the pitch coming from the same angles 
Yeah. Jobbo's a phenomenal passer too. Yeah. So, so how, about, just, how about this is another one. I agree with you. Play Trent as a six and put Mac in the in the left side eight until we go to January. A hundred percent fine with that. Like, why? Why are we? You know, we're we're, we're chastising someone we bought to play higher up the pitch when you've got someone who could probably do an equal job but still do what we're asking them to do in the six. You know, we haven't got a six, right? We're not going to play in though. When we've got to play in though, but I'm just trying to say to you, is the solution not for the moment play Trent in the six? You play Gomez at right back. And you play Mac in the left side eight. And you see how that goes. Has a fullback not got more defensive capabilities and movability than Mac? Yeah, Samuel. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, you know, we just think, why are we putting, you know, the COVID season where we eventually worked out that actually you play centre halves at centre halves, the team might be yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we overthinking Why are we overthinking it? Just play players in a position. Are you saying, are you, are you saying the phrase galaxy brain? <laughs> I've basically I've got no issue playing Trent in midfield I just don't think you should yeah. play him in with somebody else out of position I just don't get it sorry uh, by I the was way, all over the WM by the way I really liked it but now I'm like just play Trent as a six <laughs> yeah um, now I did um, we missed a, a bit important contribution from producer Guy in the um, in our chat, um, who basically said that Klopp has said for the t- in the Toulouse presser that Jones is out until after the international break. So maybe not such a little thing after all. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That means we've got an issue on the left side eight, haven't we? Well, we just put, well, do all respect. Grabenberg will be playing against, um, um, who is it on Sunday? We can't, well, Max out, right? Yeah, suspended. Suspended, so oh, got, did he get booked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got booked. So you've either got to play, as I just <coughs> said, Trent as a six, yeah. or Endo, Endo as Endo a six. Play money. Well, you hope so, but no, he'll play Elliot probably. Who's the um, who's the, who are we playing on Sunday? <laughs> no, seriously, he probably Brentford. Play, Brentford. Brentford. That's it. Oh no, we won't play. No, we stopped playing Elliot against the little teams, hasn't he? So yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So Endo will come in for that because he's big and tall. Yeah, or bigger. Well, yeah. He's no, but he plays like a big, tall lad. He's yeah. good in the air, really good in the air. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be key to the selection at midweek, won't it? See how much end those. Well, Elliot can Elliot uh, can play the full game against Toulouse then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah and then Jomez will play left back again because he's big and tall. Yeah. That right. So okay, um, we can't ignore the elephant in the room any longer. Um, so we are going to talk about Darwin Nunes. Um, but not for that long. But uh, before we start, uh, I just want to rewind, ask producer guy to rewind to last week where we discussed Darwin Nunes. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable 
there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, but I was going to I was going to come to Nunes a little bit later, but I'll ask the question now because you, you already raised it, Si. Um, I'm saying to Rosie in a second, is the Darwin-Nunes banter era over? Oh, he did just do one of the greatest misses of all time. Yes, but is... So no, you're saying it's not quite over? Um, I don't know if it'll ever be over because he's <laughs> always still going to do some batshit crazy stuff. And that's the fun of him. So he might score a hat trick, a left foot, right foot header from outside the box. And then he could still put one over the bar from the goal line. Okay. So I think, I think he's always going to be like the f- opposition fans are going to mock him. Because he's going to do something that that they can make a TikTok out of, but whereas uh, six months ago they could they they could mock his output, they can't anymore. Yeah, yeah. Rosie, same question to you: Is the Darwin Nunes banter era over? No, it's, it's absolutely right. It's, it's always going to be. Um, that's what I call it. P. Nunes. It was. It was just world class to. You just head in hand stuff, but if he carries on with one point five one non penalty xG and xA combined per ninety, I don't care because he's going to score goals and create them. It's it's four hundred and thirty minutes now, and that's not including the Europa League. It's as good as it's the best in the league with anything over with anyone over four hundred minutes, and he's got the goals now as well. So five five point two xG, four goals. Yeah, it's six, it's six. It's six from seven point one xg in six hundred and twenty minutes in all comps. There we go. So it's not bad. Not bad. But his possession control last season, which was twelve, twelve minus twelve, lower than anybody else. Yeah, is now eight minus eighteen. So it was na- last year. It was minus thirty four, um, and now it's minus eighteen for the season. So that's sixteen times a game. That's massive in terms of yeah, that's huge. Yeah, fewer that we're just losing the yeah. ball unsuspectingly. Yeah, and but I mean uh, for nearly the whole season, uh, well, certainly before Christmas, say you were talking about he wasn't even running. You know, he was just jogging and moving around the pitch in very. Yeah, he was just wait. He was waiting a lot of the time. Yeah, and now the- he's imposing. He's using his physicality to impose himself on the opposition and. Like as part of the system, I to be fair to him, I wonder if if he was doing like we did see those moments, the Robbo chase, the Lalana chase, and then nothing happened because he wasn't supposed to be pressing then. So he was he was just chasing the ball. It looked exciting, and then he would get disappointed and not do it the next time when he was supposed to. But now it looks like it's much more cohesive. So he's taking up angles and and he's applying pressure at the right time to goalkeepers that are causing them to flip the ball into midfield for us to pick it up and press. Yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of instruction, which I like. Yeah, you get- picked that up the first time, I think, in the Villa game, Rosie. You right. you were the one, and we did it, where you said, um, especially from Salah, yeah. Salah was telling him, pointing to him, telling him where to go, yeah? And did you see, did you yeah. see that continue in this game? Absolutely, Josh is doing it as well. Obviously, a, a lot less pressing in this game, but it's... There's just just a quick point, right? You go there, and I'll go to this guy. So then he goes to the keeper, and then the keeper can't pass it to the guy that Mo's going to or Jota's going to. And then because you've got the backup in midfield of Dom, Mac, 
who was pushing on quite a lot in this game. Um, Grav, not so much. If we'll have a look at the person numbers, I thought well, Grav and Max efficiency was terrible, but I thought. Well, Zobo is 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 a machine. Is the Terminator? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you've got those three, as Sai just said, when you've got those three backing up, and then there's a cohesive unit of Nunes going to the keeper or a centre back, and then we win the ball back all the time. Yeah. This, I think I, it'd be nice to know, but I think our possession wins this season seem higher to me. So, I think it's fair to say that we've reached the point now, um, end of October 2023 that we can just talk about Darwin Nunes like completely normal, like is he just a normal, he's just a cog in the machine along with every other player who's, a, who's an important player. It's taken him a lot longer to get to that stage than a lot of players do. Um, but to me, he now seems part of a system instead of a lone wolf chaos merchant that he was last season. Yeah. It went statistically... Um, it was very often talked about how how well Bobby and Mo used to used to um, combine, yeah. but he but Bobby's relationship with Sadio from a passing statistic interact a passing interaction perspective was higher. So they used to pass amongst each other. Um, a, the average it was around eighteen or nineteen times a game, and um, Bobby and Mo was usually under ten as a as um, but they would create more threat with those passes. So Bobby might do six, Mo would do four to Bobby or whatever. Um, but it's around that way. And um, Darwin has fewer touches than Bobby. So there are less passes available because of that. But um, Mo and Darwin average 16 interactive passes between them. That's yeah, like the re- this real connection that goes on between those two. Yeah. I mean, there was uh, there was one in the first second minute, I think, where um, Salah puts a lovely clip ball over the top. Yeah, into, yeah, and 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 uh, does he actually get a contest? Does, does that actually go down as a shot, Rosie? Yeah, is that not the one that um, he sort of bubbles it, but he doesn't get a proper contact, and he's sort of saved by the keeper. Um, I know he got a real good shot. Oh no, there was well, there was one after about half an hour where. Oh no, that's the he, one I think yeah, the, but there was another. That was a three ball on the floor. So you remember that one in the first? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't get a, a shot off. But that, it was no. a beautiful flighted ball over the top from Mo. It wasn't a cut out about four players. Yeah, and it, yeah. it happened repeatedly in the game. Yeah, I think yeah. He put he put um, Darwin through three times, and then and almost did it to others. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We we seem to be pivoting. Like we talk about pivots and double pivots all the time. Mo's our, Mo's our attacking pivot. Yeah. And I know Bart's will be listening on the re re listening see what we've been saying against him when he's not here. I'll be asking you the same question next week, mate. And then hopefully we can all agree we can just uh, start talking about him like he's just a normal player. Hallelujah. And Sai, <laughs> less than one week later. Yeah. The banter, the banter era. <laughs> continues yes it was all that progress in recent weeks is great he's been scoring regularly and it's just like two steps forward three steps back you're so frustrating just the timing of it is a is a is a big step back because because it's frustrating but i was expecting it like you're gonna we're gonna see these games it's unfortunate that nobody bailed him out uh, and no. uh, to be fair to him, 
he bailed out the uh, the Mickey Mouse team on on Wednesday or Thursday when he did. He did. Yeah, he did. And 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 actually, and actually, remember, we didn't. I know it felt like a defeat, but we didn't lose. And last season, we would have definitely Darwin's misses would have definitely cost us, right? But this, we, we managed to get a point. Yeah, they yeah. weren't so like the feeling that people got after the game when they realised because the, the, I think it was sixty fourth minute. He'd had nine shots already. Yeah. It's just remarkable that he didn't have a shot after that, but it was remarkable at that point. Anybody's having nine shots. And he was shooting. We were, as a team, shooting outside the box. I think we had 12 shots from outside the box. Yeah, we did. And, yeah. Um, he had four. We were, we, yes. And we were making bad decisions, and we had um, five block shots, which actually is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. But um, Darwin still had two of those. So we're, we're, we were regularly breaking and then picking a bad choice. Zobo had uh, a terrible uh, choice. Trent, I could have walked up, walked yeah. down to Luton and punched him in the head at one point. Um, <laughs> we, if you're there for this one thing, why are you shooting with 19 players in front of you? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. good do you think you are? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's weird. But the Darwin, is, as I said before, he is going to do some utterly brilliant things and then utterly absurd things. And he, he had a couple of misses that were utterly absurd. Do you also yeah. think, like, the timing? So there's a miss there, right, which we'll talk about. Yeah, we have spoken about. There was also missing the Brighton game, which cost us the same amount of points. Oh, yeah, yeah. from the left corner of the box. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're both the same result, aren't they? Yeah. But the context of the game, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like all this pressure is on Darwin. He's missed a key point because it was nil-nil. But Grav missed it. It was, was it uh, two? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, and we both ended up with the same amount of points. Yeah. It, it, the context of the game, I think, is quite quite important. Um, equally, I mean, I know we've gone through them, but Jota had a pretty decent chance as well on, was it uh, 25, 20, half an hour, whatever it was? Um, yeah. So it was the a six good big save, sh- but it was, a good, yeah. it was a good chance for Jota. Yeah. So the six big chances, there was the Nunes one from the Trent through ball after 12 minutes where he yeah. clips the bar. Which, yeah. would, which would have been an amazing goal with that yeah. got in. It would have been a brilliant, it was an unbelievable ball from Trent. And, he chose yeah, the wrong and a great touch. Yeah, great touch. And just, just, just a fraction too high on the finish, right? Then the next one was the Jota one, which was um, level with a penalty spot just outside the frame of the goal, 32 minutes. He gets a good strike on it, uh, but the keeper basically is full stretched, palms it around the post, fingertips yeah. over on the post. Clear side of right? goal, though. Clear side of goal, yeah. 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 So you could say there was another metre we could have stuck it into the corner to the side of him if you'd be, yeah. been really picky. But he had a good strike on it and it was a good save, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and then the one after that was, um, was it the Cody Gakpo one after that? Uh, yeah. yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. Yeah. Um, which was kind of not even a big chance because it was behind him, wasn't it? And if he hadn't stuck his foot out to try and manufacture something, then nothing it wouldn't have been registered, would it? Because it was it was behind him, right? That's my feeling too. Yeah, I think that was one of them. If he'd stuck it in, would have gone amazing. But I think, yeah, in attempting to, he turned it into something it wasn't. Yeah, uh, and then it was the. Um, 
There was one before the Mohead, wasn't there? Or have I missed one? So you got the list of them? Uh, isn't that six? No, we've got Jota, Darwin, Cody. I thought there was one more. Darwin had another one. Yeah, Darwin's had three in total. That's right, yeah. There was one that was saved. Right. On the break. That was for one out for a corner, right? Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, yeah. when the, when the, when they, yeah, we might have been offside that one. If it would, if he scored, it might have been called back for offside that one, mightn't it? That was a Mo Frugal, right? Mo, Mo rolled around the corner. Yeah. Is that right? Did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then there was the Mo header, which was a big chance. Which led no, to... the the Darwin that one that went out for a corner that was a brilliant save. Uh, there was a brilliant shot from a great through ball. Um, that that wasn't a big chance. The big, the big chance was there headed from a corner, wasn't it? Yeah, but Darwin had one seventy two minutes as well, so um, that was his third one. So there, so anyway, there were six in total. But Darwin, I think the the thing for me, say, was the nine shots thing because you know he Jota has two, Salah Salah has two. In the match, Salah doesn't have a shot on target. It was what we talked about at the start of last season, which is the is is he going to hoover up too many chances from elsewhere in the team? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing that which uh, that kind of bothers me most. I think rather than the misses, is that if you do that, you're even more on the pedestal because you're you're taking the shots from el- proven reliable finishes elsewhere. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN Make sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, that's that's always been my issue with it. That is also... We have tweaked the system to play with that kind of night. Yeah. So that that is we are producing what what the system is being asked. It's just unfortunate, and it's been the same when Jobs has been in that position as well. So I'm not just picking on Darwin. I don't think it's the same at all because Jota Jota's finishing is better, and so no, I'm saying like, exactly the same. I'm just saying we haven't scored at level with the XG as much as we should have done with big chances as well. Let me contextualise that statement with a finishing and shooting are different skills. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, nice. Darwin yes. is Darwin is brilliant at shooting. He is below average at finishing. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought. Did it? Did you all see the Studge 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. He, really he's, good. He was talking about how how you manipulate the ball uh, with a finish. Yeah. And how he watched lots of different strikers. I thought uh, Robbie Fowler was brilliant at manipulating the ball to finish. in the Like Robbie Fowler finished in, in the side netting more than any player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like the ball would bobble off his knee and it would still go in the corner. Always in the corner. Um, and Alan Shearer <laughs> is the opposite. He would just larrup the ball, yeah, and he he would score a volume of goals down the middle of the goal that I've never seen in my life. Yeah, because yeah. he blamed it. He blamed it, but I don't know if Alan Shearer could survive now because goalkeepers better not survive. But I don't think he would thrive in the same way. Yeah. Well, Sturridge mentioned Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was another one who used to blame. Yeah, it. just blame it. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Then, even then, it, it's it's his. Uh, his ratio, his finishing percentage is lower. Yeah. The, the volume of goals he scored isn't so well, isn't Shearer esque. No, yeah. But I think what the interesting thing that Sturridge said was is that if you're gonna if you if you if your first choice technique your, your default shooting technique is to hit the leather off the ball, he said that's a suboptimal yeah. strategy for scoring and regularly scoring. He said you're gonna you're gonna have to come up with a second and third type of finish to yeah. to, 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 to score more because hitting the leather off the ball, it's, it's unreliable because it just takes a fraction to, to make the shot go off target. Yeah. Yeah. But execution. it also takes, it takes a fraction of time too long. Mm. It takes longer to have a full swing than it does just to deflect. You also, mm. we talk about not being predictable, right? The keeper knows Darwin is nine times out of ten just going to smash the ball, right? Yeah. So the keeper pulled off a couple of saves in this game, but he knew the ball was going to get smashed at him. Mm. Yeah, that big chance from Trent's through ball, the touch is brilliant, but he just needs to put it in that corner. Mm. A little yeah. feather touch, little little feather, you know, just different. That different finish is exactly there. He's done the hard work, just finish it. In the other he corner. goes for the brilliant finish. Yeah, he goes for the smash, he goes for the, the amazing shot. Yeah, the yeah. brilliant shot all the time, Whereas rather than if, just put it in and celebrate. Yeah, if he just miss hit it, you know, touched it and miss hit it, it would have gone in. He didn't need he to d- smash he, it. He did. It's the beauty of Studge is that Studge had all of the tools in the box, yeah. but he was such a higher order thinker. People don't give credit for what how smart he was that he would select the highest opportunity, uh, highest probability tool. Mm. No, the Swiss Army, Swiss Army enough, uh, say, yeah. right, right tool for the right job. He played yeah. the percentages. Right, the right, right finish for the right situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mo I does that bit... as well. Mo does that as well, to be fair, I think. I, I think Mo's less. I don't think Mo's a great finisher. Yeah, he's not a stage level, but I still think he's got more finishes yeah. than one. You know yeah, he does. I mean? he, yeah. Does, he yeah. does. He has a, he has a greater variety than yeah. we've seen from Darwin so far. Yeah. Darwin could learn this stuff. Mm. Like, his technique is phenomenal. You can yeah. learn this. Mm. And he gets and into the position, does. right? He, he powers away. He's got the touch. It's just that last little bit of right. I'm going to slot that there. People talk this. about calm and yeah. and that he that he panics. I I'm not sure if that's the case. I don't know if he panics. I think he's. I think he's a little bit of Pickford in him. <laughs> I know this is a big swing. What? Right. Wow, where but, are you going with this? But where, where Pickford will see uh, a ball floating towards the middle of the goal, he will turn it into a top corner save. Okay. He will he will save for the cameras. 
and I don't think it's got anything to do with the cameras, but he'll go for it. He'll make it. He'll dive a bit later to make it look more spectacular. Darwin goes for the most spectacular option every time. Yeah. Hmm. But you know, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no. I, I, I get what you're getting at. I, I, yeah, I tell you what. The, op- the, head, you know the headline the opposite, maker. The opposite of Darwin. Ian Rush. Yeah. Just finish. He would just put the ball in the net. Same as Fowler, to be fair. Well, they, they, that was the thing they always used to say to Bobby Fowler. He used to pass the ball into the net. Yeah, just finish. But yeah. he would put it in the corners every time, right? So he mm. was brilliant at putting the corners. Rush would just get the ball past the goalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like so most of his goals weren't beautiful, weren't pretty. They didn't go in the corners. If you watch his the high, uh, his highlight reel, ball's not going in the corner. Yeah, it's just going past the goalie. Do you know what? I, I even just like loved. Fowler was so innovative. He would, he would, he wouldn't. He'd even do a toe bunger every now and yeah. again, just if yeah. it was the right thing, just to stab yeah. at it, just to get it in the net. And so it was just know. about scoring. It was all about scoring, yeah. Fowler. Yeah. But you know, do you know what? In this game, and I, I'm really that Darwin's improved a lot. We all know that. We said that. The one that actually worried me more was the header on 24 minutes. Great ball in. Yeah. He's literally just got to put it. He's, we've seen him do that header time and time again. He's got to bother the defender brilliantly. Just put it on target and it's a goal. And that's what, that sometimes worries me more because that's one of his stable. He, he is very good at hitting the ball in that area and he, and he missed mm. that. He missed the target. He didn't get it on target. So just on this one, because we can't spend, we're gonna, we're, no, we no. are going to talk about other things, right? But um, I'm going to give um, a shout out here to some work done by not one of us three. But one of our regulars on the Under Pressure Discord, um, Birch, done some fantastic work. Um, I bet all I did was I sent in some some of our data data dumps from Fantasy Football Scout, and he's basically looked at big chances for the current squad plus Sadio Mane and Bobby Firmino. And Sai, I know you're going to say I've got all this, I've got all this, and you know in your hundred gigabyte sheet. But thank you, for the, thank you very much, Birch, for, Birch, for laying it out nice and easy. Uh, and this is since the start of since Mo Salah joined the club, right? Every every player, apart from Darwin Nunes, has got a big chance conversion rate of forty three percent or more. Yeah, uh, and Darwin's is twenty five. So Mo Salah, unsurprisingly, two hundred and sixteen big chances, including pens, uh, of, of a lot of pens, forty nine percent conversion rate. Diogo Jota, fifty nine. Big chances, um, 46% conversion rate. Sorry, I missed out Sadio Mane, 128. Um, he's got 44% conversion overall. Excellent. Um, Bobby Firmino, 87 big chances, 43% conversion. Uh, and Jota, 59, 46%. Uh, Darwin Nunes, 40, 40, 40, big chances, just scored 10 of them, 25%. Um, and then Cody Gakpo, 14, 43%. And so exactly the same for Luis Diaz, 14, 43%. So solid starts from Luis and Cody. So, but yeah, one of those things, um, Bart's is not like the other. Yeah. I have to say, shout out to Bert. She's done a, done a great job here as, and, and even he's broken it down by time period of when we, we currently have yeah. the highest amount of, uh, big chances, which is not surprisingly, before half time, I think he's got, and we the periods is sixteen to thirty minutes. We currently have four big chances uh, curated, which is the highest amount uh, for us in, in the game. 
which is interesting. Um, but no, really, really good work. And it's definitely not one thing is not like the other. Um, yeah. I wish it was just, what did you say at the start of the season? Just be on par with XG. Yeah. Just be on par. Just be on par. Just be on par with your XG. Um, yeah. And the other thing on, uh, I did notice that when I looked at um, Darwin's career, uh, he is that um, this is, he's only over, he's only overperformed XG for one season uh, in his career. Uh, every other season has been at least 1.9 goals under XG. So Al Maria was 1.9 under. His first season at Benfica was three goals under. Last season with us was 4.1 under all comps. And this season he's minus two at the moment, two goals under. And it was just that one stellar season before we signed him, 10.5 goals over his XG. What did you say? Was it 1.9 under, you say? Yeah, Almeria, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of... He's not far off that now, is he? What, yeah, he's, like, yeah. Said, yeah. But he's, only, he's only outperformed expected goals once in his five seasons since he came to Europe. Right. So this is kind of... Well, he, he might continue to improve, but this this is so, also in line with his average. Yeah, and this would be um, a good a good a good case for um, maybe an undergraduate maths study of a one way and over thoughts on this, maybe on these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll have a look. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, right. That's enough. Not that's enough nerdery. Right. So we have to talk about something else. Um, we have to talk about something else other than dominance because it's only fair. We talked about the tactics, right? Um. And the boss also talked about the his concerns about the counter-pressing. And unfortunately, because of Rosie's not been here, we don't have the pressing to verify and look at our own and, um, issues in what, what we thought was the issues with the pressing. But, um, Sai or Bart, so do you see anything with your eyes or watching on the video? What you, what you, to back up the boss, what he said about the, the disappointing counter-pressing in this game? I think he said it was zero, zero non-existent. I don't think it was that much, but we lost the running by 6K. We lost <clears> the the sprints were down. I think they were 38% more sprints than we had. Um, but they didn't play midweek. Really? Yeah. Who yeah. did? <laughs> yeah, and then Zobo was particularly ineffective in this game, wasn't he? And he got subbed. We we did ask yeah. last week when would when would Dominic Zabosla get subbed and the answer is against Luton. Who'd have thought that? So oh, is there not context to that though? The fact we had the ball that much in their half in terms of the sprints. Uh, their attacks not, were sprints. We we've had this not. I know we've had this discussion. I've had yeah. this discussion many times. Um, I have it with my teams. Why make them run? Make them run with your running. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm trying to say. So they, they, we did make them run more, and no, we no, did no, make no, them no, sprint no. more. That's not what I'm saying. Are oh, you not saying that? Is so they will shuttle a little bit more, and their sprinting was probably higher because things like when the they breaks. scored, when they scored, they had seven players breaking, and we had we had three following. Yeah. So you've got yeah. so you've got uh, seven players making 90, 90 meter sprint. Um. So and the that's, before that as well. that's 830 metres and we had, what, 410 in that yeah. one 10-second period. Yeah, and there was a chance before that where a similar uh, breaker situation occurred, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for a total distance, that will be a thing. And then you've got seven players sprinting only th- instead, uh, instead of three of ours. Like, those things, maybe. 
But um, I think it was a quite an egregious difference in sprinting. And we oh, yeah. very often still win sprinting despite having 73% possession. That's, that's fine. It was just the field position for us was, was really high in their heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. We, weren't, we weren't trying to get in behind. So no, we actually won't. demonstrated the thing that we've been talking about tactically, that we didn't try to overload with, with no. two players out wide running in behind. No. Yeah. So whereas our sprints we, were down. So if we had, so if we, their if sprints had, were higher because they were trying to press us. Yeah. Whereas if we'd had both the fullbacks that we probably, or Trent acted like a fullback and we had uh, Costas, we would have had higher sprints because they would have been a hot zone. Yeah. Or or yeah. even that once we'd made the substitutions, we went wider and it made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. But they only had one, they only had one player with over a hundred meters of progressive distance, um, carrying distance. But so if they were sprinting, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't with the ball, no. but in uh, after we made the subs at, on sixty six, the um, that yeah, let's, that do, was let's our, do that. What, what, what was the plan with those three subs? The, we the, the double wide, sub. so Harvey went on and played out wide. Yeah, yeah, and Mo and went more Mo, Mo got yeah Mo got to drop into the middle a little bit more. But we 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 brought on Cody, took off Diogo, and so we ended up with two, we ended up with. Uh, Gravenberg and McAllister centre midfield and Harvey doing his thing mm. and um, and Simi out wide yeah but you so you got so you got you got uh, Mac and Grav and Trent in midfield as we had and then Simi comes out wide on one side and Harvey comes out wide on the other and we actually start to create um, overloads because we've got players higher and wider on the pitch. We had 14 touches in the box and six shots in the box, which is the highest of both of any fa- any of the four quarters of the game. Yeah. The most touches we'd had in the box before that um, was we had 10 early on, but still only three shots. And, um, and then we had uh, four and a six in the in the other two quarters in the half of the middle of the pit, uh, middle of the game until we brought the subs on so we weren't getting into their box until we went wide yeah it was, it was sub 60 65 huh was it mean 66 yes. yeah 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 so we created 1.1.15 um 1.15 xg in that that first period as they come on it's testament of what side said like we definitely vamped it up in terms of our attacking output because we changed the players around and we also i think we probably went right we don't need four players in a line at the back or three at the back. So just take a bit of a risk. Play a fullback that's going to play wide. You don't need Gomez, you don't need Gomez there. So you've got VVD and Canate just mopping it up with, with Mac in front. And then you just apply a more attacking side. We're going for the win. It was late, I agree with you, but sometimes you take a gamble. Yeah. Well, we chose to do it that way rather than just move Trent out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which would have made more sense. But anyway. Trent, Trent, Trent incidentally had the lowest possession control of his year of his career with minus thirty one. Did minus he really? Thirty one. Wow. What's the nearest other player? Uh, minus seventeen. You can guess who that is. Darwin. Darwin. Oh, yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, Mo's wasn't good. Mo, Mo really didn't have a good game. Zobo really didn't have a good game. Zobo Zobo's worst game since he signed. Control. Yeah, po- yeah. Minus, <laughs> the, minus. So uh, this is possession control ninety. Uh, Zobo's was twelve point eight minus twelve point eight. 
Yeah, he, he went from being one of our top XT producers to uh, 0.06. I mean, that's just nothing. 45 touches, barely half a touch a minute, I think. So it, it's just, that's a really poor game for him. So um, they bring you, uh, I just, just want to refocus on the period from the hour because it's mm-hmm. quite a pivotal little period, this. So they bring on their goal scorer, Vandross Townsend after the hour, Chong. Um, and then um, they have a really big opportunity with the Carlton Morris um, big chance. Um, I I don't know what happens here, Bartz. It's almost like it's almost like time stands still, like bullet time in the Matrix, and there's a potential open goal at some point if he can just get a strike on the ball, but it never really materialises. Yeah, it seems a bit of... I don't know how the chance create. I think we missed the miss a pass, and we I can't remember what it is. But yeah, and then it it's. I don't think they can quite believe they've got the chance. If that makes sense, they're in this opportunity, and we're scrambling around trying to get the chance. And he's in the guy's face. Yeah, uh, there is an open goal, and he misses it, and then we somehow clear it, uh, and we get away with it. Really, um, but it was it was a strange occurrence to happen down that. I have to say, their pass mate is is all down that side. Yeah, <clears throat> they so were it's just, not. They yeah. were coming in there not a lot during the game, but whenever they attacked, they were in that zone. Yeah, so, they were in, yeah down our down our right. Down, down, down their left, yeah. our right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was clear as day. Right, literally from like the first minute when they attacked. first minute they were trying to get in there. Trent uh, did that weird thing with the corner early on, didn't they? So um, mm. yeah, so I think it's it's not a shock it came in that area. It's just when the opportunity arose to the forward. I think he was personally. I think he was just surprised he he had the opportunity. So you think there was a you think there was a praise rally here on the on that Morris chance? You think there's what? You think there's praise for Allison on this Morris on this on that Morris chance? Uh, yeah, I do. I think uh, I think uh, Ali. I thought Ali had two key moments in the game. One coming out there, and it, it looked like. Uh, so I wasn't actually listening. Uh, it was. <laughs> uh, if we're talking about when he got th- he got through uh, from the Trent zone and had a, a shot with his right foot to the left yep. of Ali, yep. yeah, Ali Ali came out blocked and uh, and if you look from behind the goal, he literally reacted while the ball was in the air to move his arm as well and his knee. Um, so it was really really good save, way better than I thought it was. I thought he was just hit straight at his stomach. Um, and there was another moment a little bit later on where he came out for a, a cross. Um, I, I thought, yeah, definitely lots of credit for that. Um, and they could have got through us three times, I thought. Yeah. Even though, even though they're absolutely shit and they should be relegated because they're that bad. They should be relegated by Christmas. That so <clears throat> we make the triple sub. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's the Jackpo chance from an Elliot cutback. Is that right? I'll be Elliot for the Jackpo chance. It sounds yeah. wrong, but also right. Um, yeah. And yeah. then there was the Trent through ball for the Salah Nunes double miss. Um, that was the pivotal one, I think, it's fair to say, that Nunes one. Yeah. Yeah. When's the penalty shout? Is that in there as well? Um, this is what I'm just going from the hour here. So, where do you think that came in? Oh, that was at the breakaway for their goal, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it wasn't the one before that, wasn't it? 72 penalty from a corner. Was the... Um, it, the rugby a, yeah, tackle. The rugby tackle on VVD in the box. 
Yeah, that was the breakaway for their goal. No, it was a handball. No, it wasn't. It was the one for the the handball was the one for their goal. Oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So the, how, could I, how could I confuse all these yeah. sorry so the 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 head the double header happened then there was the other one where I know that the offside thing happens well with the because it comes from the corner it starts from the pattern of play of corners uh, so Darwin hits a, a, a shot which keep up arms over from a corner the resulting corner comes in BVD gets rugby tackled um, then we go back a bit more and then there's a, the other chance from their goal which is uh, the handball that we're all calling for. And then they go at the other end score. Yeah, and lots and lots and lots of criticism for Alexis McAllister on this. Um, what do we think about that? But well, I said to you, you know, I thought I thought Harvey should have done slightly better, but you made a good point. He's, he's physically out-muscled by... Um, well, uh, uh, Harvey does have the chance to kill the move at he does, at on the edge of... And at the end of their 18 yard box. So he yeah. could just literally foul the guy and, and get and, and take the yellow. And I, I think, I I think he, he should do. I think he attempts to foul him or more, he attempts to do something. And he the bounces guy's off Ross him. Barkley. I think, I think Ross Barkley deserves no more credit. But yeah, Elliot just, than Ross Barkley. Elliot just bounces off him. Yeah, and that's what you made a good point. Him. He should have cropped him. He should have just taken him down. Um, because. Again, if, you, if we were attacking at, at will at that point, we had a, it was a good period. Harvey knows behind him, he's just got two players. Yeah. But, so for me, you just take the player down. Yeah. Whatever said, you need to do, take him down. I agree. I agree. But the, we we always knew um, from the from the stats from from the World Cup uh, that you the did Max say line. on there that yeah. we know Mac is not lightning. It's the yeah. one. It's the one of the weakest attributes in the game. He is not lightning. I don't think for a second it was his fault. I don't, I don't think, think any fault. of it was his fault. No. He, well, lots of people did think it was his fault, so because they're twats. Okay, but he. It's because <laughs> it's because he was the one that was at, at the scene. The of Chong the runs past. Basically, the, 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 Chong, the Chong runs past, and he can't. No, keep he was up. already. But he was already past, and he sprinted all the way back to try to intercept. Whilst whilst we had seven lads in the box arguing about a bloody uh, handball, yeah, and Costas as well. He's also doing nothing. Costas is literally playing them on and doesn't engage in anything. Doesn't stop the cross. Doesn't play the offside and doesn't go and press the ball. So, do you think this is like the Chambers one against Toulouse, where it looks bad on TV and people say, "What is his fault?" But it wasn't actually really. What? No, I think no, because that. That is just a kid who's been told to do something different. So maybe, yeah, maybe in from a TV perspective that it in terms it of is. where if the TV want... audience apportioned the blame. Fair enough, yeah. Maybe. I, yeah but I was watching. I just didn't think it was his fault. I just thought he happened to be there. He, there was nothing he could have done about it. No. For me, the players that could have actually solved their harvest source, and I thought Costas could have done better with what he did. His contribution to it. Yeah, that's my view. And I'm also not entirely sure why he couldn't cut cross out. Only if that's incredibly harsh. Yeah. Again, if you played Trent in the six, he would have caught him up. But anyway, by the by. That's a good question. <laughs> <He wouldn't. laughs> Trent, Trent lost eight, eight grand. No, no, no. I'm saying Trent, if Trent was in where Matt half would have been. to tackle back. No, could he have sprinted about and kept pace with Trent? But he wouldn't have bothered, is my point. Oh, savage, say. Savage. There were two moments in this game where he did exactly that. He's yeah, like, yeah. I'm a passer. I don't, I don't tackle anymore. Yeah, 
All right, but <clears throat> physical attributes to do it. I tell you the player. I tell. I tell you the player who would have caught Chong. Dominic's a Dominic Zabozlay. You're right. You're right. He would have done. He, 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 well, he, he wouldn't have done because he'd have already he'd have already won the ball back off Ross Barkley. Yeah, but you know we've praised this team all season for being better in transitions last year, miles better in terms of pre- preventing and and, and in, our, in terms of our structure. And then the biggest single person who's transformed that is not on the pitch because he's been substituted because he played in the Carabao Cup. I'm going to pause it to you. And the other guy that's helped with that was injured in the Carabao Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jones, yeah. He would have and played that, in that, that left-hand side. And I never said that on my notes. The boss talked about the problems with counter-pressing. And I said, well, the one biggest thing for that is that Curtis Jones wasn't in this team. Wasn't in the team. I'd also say... If we had a proper six, Matt would have been back there as well. Would have might have put pressure, better pressure on Ross Barkley. Hmm. But anyway, these are all hindsight. We um, didn't I deal can, with it. Yeah, can I just say the ball in from was it Kabue hmm. was a, was a beautiful cross in. I thought I thought that was a really nice ball in because Sydney was going full pelt and it, he put it into a really nice space and the, and the, and, the, and then Chong just slides it in, doesn't he, into an empty net? Yeah, yeah, but. On the positive side, it does give us the platform for the story of the season. This will not be topped. This moment will not be topped. No, we are an analytics part, right? But I'm going to break mm. that because I guess the, the narrative of this is just wonderful. I'm, I, you know, I'm a cold fish, me, but I, I, <laughs> even I had something in my eye with this one because Diaz would not have come on in this match if unless we needed the win like this, right? He was yeah. going to stay on the bench and he's going to be allowed to. Give it, give him his time to come back, right? Yeah. But he was brought on. We we, we had the, the emergency break glass. He came on eighty three minutes. Ten minutes later, lovely Harvey. Finally, some output from this for the season. His first goal. His first goal involvement of the season mm-hmm. uh, in Nova, in 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 the fifth of November. Um, yeah. Beautiful ball in, and Luis gets the jump on his man and loops it into the far corner. It's a what a moment! It was a great moment. I mean. A point point seven XA for Harvey for this game is is a real high for him, isn't it? But um, no, it was a really good moment for Diaz. I really do. Um, it was a good cross. To be fair, that was it a was good cross. it was a good good uh, intuition from from Harvey. Put it in the right area, and Diaz made the run um, and scored a great header. Actually, to be fair, um, yeah, a bit. I don't think you could have scripted it, could you? Couldn't have scripted it, but it was great. No, I don't think you could. And then with the T-shirt, and it was nice to see the referee show some actual fucking sense and leniency and, yeah. and not actually yellow card in for that. Definitely, definitely. It had a bit of Villa Park about it, you know, the comeback from 1-0 down late on to win that 2-1. Yeah. yeah. So you're not you're not, not, you're not the most emotional man, but what your thoughts on the uh, the Diaz moment? Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was, it, it's, what you already said all of the good stuff. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, Maybe even scripted with it written on a shirt. The play, I, what the thing I liked about it most was like how much the players loved it. Yeah, the yeah. players are living it with him right now, and it's it, if it gives him a moment of peace. Yeah, it's amazing. Not a bad, not a bad little. Was it a point one five chance he converted to a seven percent post shot? Not bad. Yeah. 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 And the good news is, obviously, it's come to light that um, there is dialogue between the people who are holding his father and the Colombian authorities. Yeah. And apparently, it's just now a, a, a question of when, and it's you know whether you know they're going to be 
<laughs> the people who kidnapped him are all going to be round up and brutally tortured for their punishment. You know, as, as a, you know. but anyway, more, li- some... more likely it's going to be how much money he pays them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but they know who's done it now. There's a dialogue option now, isn't there? Hmm. So right. yes. Um, but let's fingers crossed that there's this, there is a happy ending to to this. Um, sorry, Saga. But uh, yes, anything else on Bournemouth, chaps? Or anything else on Luton? I don't know how we managed to speak for an hour and 45 minutes about those two shit games. <laughs> it's a remarkable skill of ours, boys. Yeah. The only thing I was going to say was, as a highlight of Harvey, you produced more XD and XA than the whole of the Luton side. B. So, and Trent did as well, but I just wanted to highlight Harvey. In 20, in, in, in half an hour. In half an hour. So. Yeah, playing as a right winger. Playing as a right winger, yeah. Not a midfielder. Okay. okay. Watch this space. Right, thank you, chaps. Uh, and we will be back next Tuesday uh, for another doubleheader. Uh, until then, oh, it's going to be Brentford and Toulouse. Until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.